Sophie Scholl is best known as one of the founding members of the White Rose, which was an anti-Nazi student resistance group. When Sophie was 12 years old, she joined the League of German Girls which is the girls' division of the Hitler Youth. She, she ended up really liking being in the League of German Girls. Their father, the mayor of Forkzenberg, was a fervently anti-Nazi. They would often argue with one another. He was also pretty liberal, and he was like, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to believe. He knew that that's not how people change their minds and just hoped that his kids would come around. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I am Chloe Sky. I'm Sarah Gorski. And I'm Jupiter F. Stone. Jupiter is uh, sitting in again. Uh, Sam is out this week. So today I'm going to be covering Sophie Scholl. <gasps> Sophie Scholl! You know Sophie Scholl? I do. I mean, I don't know a lot about her, but I know her legend. I know she's a legend. She's All right, yeah. So she's definitely a legend. Uh, she's best known as one of the founding members of the White Rose, which was an anti-Nazi student resistance group. And, and I must confess, Chloe, I know her name because we did that play in my high school. Well, then you probably know a whole bunch of the information <laughs> I'm about to tell you. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like the play is probably abbreviated and dramatized. And probably. So I probably don't know like, the truest version. But All right. oh my gosh. Let's dive in. Let's dive into Sophie Scholl. So she was born almost exactly 100 years ago on May 9th in 1921 uh, in Forchtenberg, Germany. Uh, she was the daughter of Forchtenberg. Her full name is Sophia Magdalena Scholl. She's the daughter of Robert Scholl, who was the mayor of Forchtenberg. Wow. Pressure. She's, so she's elite. She's royalty. I mean, I, I don't know that they're, like, <laughs> super royalty. well off. Like, it's a mayor of kind of a small town. But, like, they're doing all right. All right. They're doing all right. I imagine there's a giant fork factory, but that's probably not at all what the town was about. <laughs> I don't believe so. Um, <laughs> so when Sophie was 12 years old, she joined the League of German Girls, which is the girls' division of the Hitler Youth. <laughs> oh, which Ooh, at 12 yeah. yes at 12 years old and impressionable. i didn't realize the hitler youth had a girls division i thought it was very like sexist like that yeah, i mean very it's, inclusive of them. it's it's sexist in that the boys and the girls are separated <laughs> but not sexist in that girls are allowed to like hitler too which you know not that that's something we want but you know i mean i if I think that, like, it, at that time period, it was, like, those organizations were the equivalent of, like, today's Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, right? Sort of. Um, because the, the 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 Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts was called the German Youth Movement, which was a, a sort of separate thing. And oh. the German Youth Movement, uh, Sophie also joined that when she turned 16. She joined the German Youth Movement. But oh. that had been around way before the Nazis rose. And then when the Nazis came into power, they outlawed the German youth movement and said, if you want to be outside and do nature things or anything, like if you want to be a scout, more or less, you have to join the Hitler Youth. That's the only legal group for children. And so she, she ended up really liking being in the League of German Girls, which was the, the Hitler Youth. 
Um, even though their their father, her and her her brother, her brother was in the the Hitler Youth as well. His name is Hans. He's going to be important later, so I should probably mention him. Hans. Mm-hmm. Their father, the mayor of Forkzenberg, was a fervently anti-Nazi. They would often argue with one another. He was also pretty liberal, and he was like, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to believe, so I'm not going to like really try to change your mind forcibly because he knew that that's not how people change their minds, but he constantly exposed them to ideas and to the the truths that he knew that the Nazis were, were doing evil and just hoped that his kids would come around. Wow. That is like backwards ass shit. <laughs> yeah. It usually is. It's usually the kids like rebelling. And right. how awesome that he wasn't like, I'm your father, and I'm the mayor, and you're going to do what I tell you what to do. <laughs> right. Well, he couldn't, because he couldn't publicly denounce the Nazis, because he would probably be killed, like, at, right, like when they were coming right. to power. So he couldn't, over, he couldn't be overt, probably, with that kind of activism. The only way to do right. it is to, like, raise your children right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, Just her so and her brother, or do they have other siblings, too? They had, She was the... I can't remember which kid she was. I think she was the third or fourth child out of six. Six. Um, but one or two of them didn't survive infancy. And then, well, I'll, I'll talk more okay. about that later. I don't want to spoil okay, okay. where this goes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I got too excited. I always get too excited, Chloe. It's all good. It's all good. So in, in 1937, Sophie is a member of the German youth movement, which is more or less the scouts, and she is arrested by the Nazis for participating because it's illegal to be in a, a group that isn't the Hitler youth. And so she starts to sour on Nazism in general at this point. And she's like, you know, I, th- I liked you until I realized that you just are absolutely not okay with anything other than your own shit. Yeah, it's usually a bad fucking sign. It's it's usually a bad sign. So after she graduates high school in 1940, she becomes a kindergarten teacher uh, because she wants to go to college. And if you go to college, you're required under Nazi law to participate in the National Labor Service, which is Mm. a, a prerequisite. And that can either be like, here's a list of jobs that are approved, like you did your service. And or you can serve in the military. Is that like the kind of the Peace Corps sort of? Kind of. It's like Nazi Peace Corps. So, right. A little obviously. more pillage. Right. A little more. Yeah. So her her brother ends up joining the military, and he goes and does his service on the Eastern Front. Hans. And she's like Hans. Yes. And she's like, well, I don't I don't want to do that. So I'm going to become a kindergarten teacher. And unfortunately, she's mistaken, and it doesn't count. Uh, she actually has to then go and serve six months in auxiliary war service as a nursery teacher in Bloomberg. And she she hates it. She's there for six months and she just starts dreaming of like, what if there was a world where we weren't mandated to join a military like daily regimen? Like this is this is awful. And she starts to really sort of turn against Nazism in general. Yeah, Sophie. So by by May of 1942, she enrolls at the University of Munich, studying both biology and philosophy. Uh, Hans is also attending, and he's there as a, a medical student. And he introduces Sophie to his friends, some of which he'd met while serving in the military. Everybody, you know, has done their war, their auxiliary service t- to be admitted into college, and so he's got this little friend group. 
Uh, and they're kind of just like any other friend group. They talk about art and music and literature and philosophy. They go hiking and skiing and swimming. But over time, they slowly become more and more political. And as they get to know each other and trust each other, their conversations turn towards, well, how can we how can we resist the Nazis like via nonviolent means? Um, and they discuss topics like what is the responsibility of an individual that lives in a dictatorship? Like, mm. what What are we yeah. supposed to do? Mm. Like, we, we recognize now that it's a dictatorship that we're living in. So we have some responsibility to that for posterity's sake, at least. Yeah. Later that year, Sophie's father is imprisoned after being overheard calling Hitler the scourge of humanity. Whew. Yeah, that's, <sighs> the, that's the era they lived in. You can't say shit about against the government. Cause right. Because then, then you're fucking executed and shit. Right. He literally just, you know, says Hitler's the scourge of humanity and he's arrested. And over that summer, Sophie is also forced to work in a metallurgical plant uh, and her brother and a few of their other friends are sent for compulsory military service fighting Russia again on the Eastern Front. Oh. And their dad was like put, put in jail like for a long time or like he was like in prison. At yeah, that point? I didn't I didn't find out what happened to him after that. But I, I think he probably just stayed in prison for a while. Dang. So when they return to school after this summer break, when they've all been sent off for mandatory service, <laughs> not summer vacation, not summer what vacation, break my ass. right. So um, <laughs> they 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 come back and Hans and their friend Fritz Hartnagel, who was one of uh, Sophie's boyfriend, actually. Uh, so they inform the group of all of the horrors that they witnessed firsthand. So we, we witnessed the mass killing of Jews. We witnessed mass graves for the Soviet prisoners of war. Like, oh. Nazis are doing really evil shit. And we have to do something. Wow. Damn. At first, uh, Hans and the friend group form this group and they're like we're a resistance group and they just decide to start publishing pamphlets uh like anti-nazi propaganda that they're gonna secretly start releasing around campus and at first hans wanted to keep sophie safe and so he didn't tell her it was going on but she stumbled upon one of these pamphlets and sort of recognized the writing style and was like this is hans <laughs> and so she she goes to him and she's like is this you and he's like yeah and she says i want to be a part of this Wow. Fuck yeah. Yes. Fuck yeah. So the group names themselves the White Rose, which is meant to elicit the image of purity and innocence in the face of supreme darkness and despair. Mm. Sophie ends up purchasing an illegal typewriter for the group. Uh, and they Typewriters start publishing, were illegal? At least this one was. I think <laughs> it was illegal to have them just because... The, the, the Nazis wanted to control what was like being published. right. They didn't want anyone else controlling a narrative. Right. They're like, if right. something's going to be written, we should have our fingers in it. And then if it's handwriting, then you can, like, detect whose handwriting it is. Right. Yeah. Mm. Super, super evil shit. Um, so they start publishing all these anti-Nazi pamphlets, uh, specifically calling for fellow German citizens to join them in resisting Hitler's regime in nonviolent but effective ways. And they, every one of these pamphlets has a list of here's some simple actions you can take that will help stop the Nazis. And it's usually just like, you know, if you work in factories, like you have to, you have to fuck up the production of the weapons. You have to slow wow. down the, like anything you can do that won't get you in trouble, but will slow down Germany. Like sabotage the Nazi regime however you can. 
exactly. Like we can't if if they keep going at this pace, they might win. But if we slow them down even a little, that might give all of our uh, allies an edge. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. that's so insane. It's like, can we please put ourselves in danger so that we can not like that's a that's a ask. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like no, I like winning because I'm cool in here. What are you talking about? Right. And they didn't know the night witches were coming yet, so no, they were <laughs> trying to you? do their How best. How could you? They fly under cover of darkness. <laughs> I still so obsessed with them. I can't stop talking about They're them. They're phenomenal. Because amazing. Yeah. Because amazing. That's why. And Ludmila um, Pavlichenko. Exactly. Same time, same she. Time. I think it, around this time, she was like sniping the shit out of some some Nazis. <laughs> Nothing gives me greater pleasure, you guys, than when we can like connect broads in the same time period. So that's why mm-hmm. I do it obsessively in our episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I think it's great. It adds context. It adds color. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so the one of the first pamphlets said, uh, we will not be silent. We are your bad conscience. The white rose will not leave you in peace. <laughs> and No justice, no peace. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, did you get, like, how did they distribute them? Did they just, like, drop them off a building and so they flew into the street or something? Or, like, how did they get pamphlets out there? So it was mostly done in secrecy. Most of it, when they first started, they mailed them. They started, they would mail them to, mm. like, their professors, uh, anyone whose address they had from the university, uh, mm. and also just people they knew back home. And, you know, obviously no return address, no label, just, like, mailed out shitloads of these pamphlets. Uh, After the first couple pamphlets were out, they started getting a little ballsier, and they would distribute them on campus. They would, like, when class was in session, they would sneak through the halls and leave them just, like, on the floor and on tables, just right outside the classrooms, Mm. so that people would find them when they were leaving and not know, like, where they came from. Wow. Um, well, they obviously came from someone in that university. Well, they mean, got a roster maybe. full of all the students' <laughs> names and addresses and shit. I'm just being a detective. In and my head um, right now. Sophie was integral in in getting these pamphlets out because she, be, being a woman, she was less likely to be stopped and questioned by the secret police. Mm. Um, they the had, Gestapo. You know, the, yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> Because Nazis just didn't believe women were capable of organizing or resisting them in any way. So they just, they didn't think women were a part of it. That's how Irene Sendler did her shit too. Exactly. Connecting the broads. Connecting the broads. (laughs) Actually, Irene Sendler smuggled whole babies and they didn't suspect her. Yeah, she did. (laughs) Yeah, she was was phenomenal. Those fucking idiot misogynists. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Misogyny crumbled your regime. Those fucking idiot idiot Nazi misogynists. Put it on a shirt. That's the one. So over the course of the next few months, they they end up distributing six different pamphlets. Then on February 18th, 1943, Sophie and Hans are out distributing the sixth pamphlet. And Sophie makes her boldest decision yet. You know, they've been getting a little ballsier every time they distribute a pamphlet. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to just throw this entire stack off a balcony and let them just blow Oh, that's the, the part of the story I remember. Yeah. That's like the most <laughs> famous image of of Sophie Scholl is her throwing throwing a stack off the off the balcony. So but when she does this, uh she's spotted by a janitor who reports her and Hans to the Gestapo. A look, Nazi janitor. That Nazi is janitor. not okay. Dang. Wow. Yeah, I, I look mad. Are you mad? You poor. You you you. But come on, why are you trying to shit on someone else's? Okay, look. Well, I'm mad. This was apparently a, a, a Nazi sympathizer janitor. Apparently. 
apparently. And he turns them in. So they're both arrested and questioned. Uh, the prosecutor... Wait, they uh, arrested Hans, too, just because he was her brother? Well, he was with her. They they originally oh, they just wanted... They just wanted to arrest Hans. The prosecutor thought Sophie was innocent because she was a girl. Mm-hmm. And it, inside <laughs> Hans's bag was their template for the seventh pamphlet that they're going to publish that never mm. ended up getting published. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, clearly you did this because you have an additional pamphlet that you're clearly intent to publish. Right. And uh, that, it, that one also allowed them to find a third member of the White Rose, their friend Christoph Probst. Her brother ends up confessing. He thinks, like, if I confess, then they'll just, they'll, everything will fall on me. They won't find my other friends, and they'll do whatever they're going to do to me and me alone. As soon as he confesses, Sophie is like, well, you're not going down without me. So she she says, no, I, I was responsible. I'm actually fully responsible. You can't blame anyone else. And He just holds my books because I can't carry them. They're too heavy. Right. Yeah. Playing the playing the gender card. And it unfortunately didn't work. And three more White Rose members are arrested later that same month. Damn. Damn. Did they arrest Franz, her boyfriend? Uh, actually, the boyfriend, the boyfriend was OK. He ended up marrying. Well, I'll mention that in a minute. OK. So, I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. Yeah. 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 Um, so five days later. They appear in the People's Court before Judge Roland Freisler. Uh, neither of them are permitted to give testimony. <sighs> and the only statement on record is Sophie saying, well, somebody after all had to make a start. What we wrote and said is believed by many others. They just don't dare express themselves as we did. Like, so just convicting dialogue. Right. <laughs> um, so then on February 22nd, 1943... Sophie, Hans, and Christoph were found guilty of treason and sentenced to execution by guillotine. Oh, guillotine? What the fuck? Yeah. And their execution takes place later that day at 5 Nin- p.m. Oh, my <gasps> God. I didn't know they got executed by guillotine. 1940s, yes. Germany, a guillotine? Yep. Wow. Yep. That oh, is fucking sick shit. Sophie is 21 at the time. Oh. And uh, later, later, prison officials remarked on Sophie's courage as she walked to her own death. Um, her last words were, How can we expect righteousness to prevail when there is hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually to a righteous cause? It's such a fine, sunny day, and I have to go. But what does my death matter if through us thousands of people are awakened and stirred to action? It makes you really sad. Me too. That's so heartbreaking. Twenty, she was twenty-one. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Fuck the Nazis. And absolutely, fuck the Nazis. So they behead her. Fuck the Nazis. Uh, after their deaths, German newspapers barely even mention them. Uh, but their sixth pamphlet ends up getting smuggled out of Germany and delivered to the Allies. Uh, <laughs> there, it gets retitled "The Manifesto of the Students of Munich" and is mass printed. Wow. And the Allied forces drop millions of copies all over Germany, calling for every citizen to stand up and unite against fascism. Do they think it had a marked effect in any way? Like, did like did something anything Definitely. shift after that? Uh, it wasn't specific. I mean, this is early in 1943, and then you know the war pretty much ends a year or two later. So right, because the, the night witches and the in Ludmilla. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ending the war. <laughs> right. Single-handedly. It, it had an effect. 
people definitely were moved by the story of a bunch of school kids, I mean, in their 20s or whatever, but still basically children, uh, standing up and resisting when they weren't. Right. It's like Dumbledore's army. Like, fuck you, grown-ups. We got this shit. We're going to do it. And even if we have to die, you're going to see it eventually. That's Jupiter, so brave. are you emotional too, Ju- Jupiter? I, I'm not fucking crying. I'm crying. It's okay to cry. I'm it's little, great yeah. to cry. Yeah. No, yeah. Because that that's so, you know, you know, you we have. Do- I'm like, uh, I was about to cry. That's why I started talking. And it helps me when I talk <laughs> through it to not yeah, I, I had to. I'm glad you did because I was gonna start crying and I had to stop talking. So, <laughs> well, you had to pull that quote. Let us in. Can you can you read that quote again? Her last one. Her last words. Yeah. Yeah. How can we expect righteousness to prevail when there is hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually to a righteous cause? It's such a fine sunny day, and I have to go. But what does my death matter if through us thousands of people are awakened and stirred to action? Damn. Damn. <clears throat> That's a martyr. Yeah. Um, yeah man. As a hero. So. Fuck. After the fall of Hitler and the Nazis, uh, Germany overturns a bunch of these legal decisions they made against people like Sophie and others like her, uh, and now consider the White Rose to be heroes. They're national mm-hmm. icons. In 2003, there was a, a German TV host took a vote to choose the top 10 most important Germans of all time. And Sophie and Hans came in fourth place. But if you counted only the votes by people under the age of 40, they were in first place. Yeah. <laughs> the boomers always take away the votes. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, were I they, want to know who their number one was. <laughs> Obviously, we focus on the broads in this. But, like, I'm curious in the research you did, are her and Hans kind of held at the same esteem? Or does she really, is she really considered kind of the ringleader of the whole thing? I, Hans is more considered the ringleader. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 information I found points more towards Sophie being their like secret agent who goes out and is like the female who doesn't get caught because no one suspects her. Yeah. Uh, so she was she was super important in actually getting the information out there. Um, and distribution. also, yeah, she was like right. the distribution queen. Exactly, and also you know just the fact that she. They thought she was innocent. They weren't going to convict her, and she confessed, and she died for this. Mm-hmm. But if you don't stand up, I mean, she just saw the importance of it in terms of standing up and not bowing to the regime. Exactly, because yeah. everybody was just bowing, like like people who were good people were letting this happen. Yeah, yeah. And I pulled I pulled one other of her quotes. She has a bunch of great quotes for someone who died at twenty one, but. Uh, I pulled this one because I thought it was relevant. She said, The real damage is done by those millions who want to survive, those with no sides and no cause. It's the reductionist approach to life. If you keep it small, you keep it under control. If you don't make any noise, the boogeyman won't find you. But it's an illusion, because they die too, those people who roll their spirits into tiny little balls to be safe. Safe? From what? Life is always on the edge of death. Narrow streets lead to the same place as wide avenues, and a little candle burns itself out just like a flaming torch does. I choose my own way to burn. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So... I've, like, never been this emotional about a broad before. I was incredibly moved by this story. Oh, now I'm crying too. (laughs) Yeah. I, as, when I saw that she died at 21, I was like, oh gosh, this is gonna be, like, 
a really short episode and then I dove into the research and I was like this is not going to be a short episode she was incredible incredibly self-aware incredibly brave I wouldn't have had the wherewithal to do this at 21 no but she's so right that quote is incredible of like people making themselves small just to not just to just to let just to avoid being noticed and that's exactly how like evil penetrates the ranks of good people is just by people letting it happen i mean we all fucking know this right it's just like mm-hmm. <sighs> sophie Scholl. damn so, chloe what a broad what a broad me and jupiter are both a mess we can't handle it. i know i'm i'm moved i need a minute that's fair um i guess i can wrap us up then take us out say i was just gonna say when we did this in my high school um they paired it up with the diary of anne frank the play version and they like Mm -hmm. rotated nights so it was like the sides of the the jews and then the sides of like the germans inside germany you know and what they were and, and the activism and stuff like that and it was it was like a i remember that play cycle being like a particularly intense one and i remember the moment there was a, there's a moment in the play where she throws the the papers but i did not i i didn't remember like the ending i didn't remember any of that chloe she is just incredible thank you for bringing her to us mm-hmm. well you can uh check out more episodes uh like the ones we've mentioned here about Lyudmila pavlichenko and the, the night witches not and Irina sendler yeah <laughs> uh you can you can check those out at broadsyoushouldknow.com uh or you know, you can, and there you can send us uh, suggestions for broads you think we should cover that we haven't. You can send us an email, broads you should know at gmail.com. Go be a badass broad. We'll see you yeah, next we'll week. We'll see you again. Yeah, we'll see you next week for another broads you should know. Another That's broad. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. 